you cannot give up as a real estate investor. There's going to be daily challenges that you face every single day, both in business and in life. And if you can meet those challenges uh, with grace and humility and tackle those problems with massive action, uh, you're going to be good things will eventually happen. Welcome to the Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, investors. In the first half of this amazing episode with Eric Tomei, we heard a lot of amazing tips from Eric about short-term rentals, picking real estate markets, asset management, and the freedom that comes from letting go of your own tastes when it comes to curating a tenant experience. In the second half of this episode, we will get some great tips for would-be authors, including how to overcome writer's block and, more importantly, how to finance your book. We will also hear his thoughts on health success and the importance of integrity. Finally, you will get to hear his inspiring and thought-provoking answers to everyone's favorite rapid-fire round, The Seven. As always, if you're interested in enjoying the benefits of investing in real estate without having to deal with the tenants, termites, and tantrums, you can head over to www.horizonmultifamily.com to learn more about investing passively in commercial real estate. And now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. And just got to say, this is why you need to know things like, where is the NFL draft? Okay, we're recording this. Yeah, uh, It's this Sunday, right? We're coming up to not the draft, but Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday biggest Sunday, event right. of the year yeah. if you're yes. a football fan. Right. But if you're not, you need to understand these things. You got to yeah. figure out what appeals to everybody else, Coachella, et cetera. It's not right. about your tastes, naturism, et cetera. No, it's no. It's you got to find your niche, right. what's going on in town. How do you attract that clientele to your business, particularly yep. for a hotel? Yeah, you know what, honestly, and it, it's just smart marketing. You're right. It might not be what I like, but who cares? Right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's what people like and will will hopefully drive revenue into the business. That's it. Right. You know, that's that's really that's really what we're talking about here. Right. You know, it reminds me of a great story of investor taste versus the taste of your clients. Somebody told me the story of a new investor and uh, asked for some coaching, or mm -hmm. maybe it was just a friend went in to the property and said, Oh, hey, you know, you're having some work done here. What's that? I look up, it's, she says, well, I'm, I'm having a vaulted ceiling put in for our tenants. Okay. What a vaulted ceiling for your tenants. That's never going to pay back. Right. I mean, I, I like vaulted ceilings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people I think do, right? Well, you know what? I will agree with you, Eric. I have vaulted ceilings in my house, but I only yeah. have vaulted ceilings in my house because when I'm in my properties, I tell myself it's not about my taste so it's that not. I have money. And then I can put the vaulted ceiling in my own house. But Correct. but yeah, I mean, I think that's Correct. a great lesson to learn early on. And I, I just all the time, you know, every time I get these freelancers doing my YouTubes and stuff, and I, I start thinking like, I wouldn't have done it like that. But you know what? Mm -hmm. it's I okay. don't like green. You know what? We're going to yes. have, there's going to be a green introduction to this video. So you'll see what I'm talking about if you're in the viewing audience watching on YouTube. And I, and I was going to think, you know, I could delay this. I could pay, you know, like maybe a change order fee or just even just delay it. Yeah. Thought, you know what? If it was me, 
everything is going to be blue and gray and black. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. There you go. So I thought Not stop, you, right. Stop. Yes. She is a creative genius. Um, I'm just guessing. Doing. I think the name is Akriti behind it, but I don't know. But whoever it is that designed that, you know, you are a creative genius. We're going to run with your taste. And I'm just going to say, that's okay. It, exactly. Sometimes you just, again, you, you make an important point, George. Sometimes you have to take yourself out of the equation. Right. You can't let your personal preferences blind what you're trying to do, you know, especially when it comes to running a business, right? Yeah, 100%. Now, I know there's a lot of listeners out there, viewers that may be interested in writing their multifamily book, their commercial real estate book, the be all end all guide to multifamily. <laughs> but before you do that, maybe we can take a moment to talk to an actual published author and tell us what did you learn through the process? So by the way, the book you wrote was not about commercial real estate, but a very touching book. So I did read it. And I got to say, you know, I don't want to get all emotional on here, but you know, I lost my dad as well. And I just got to say, yeah. It was a very, very touching book, a very good book. So again, not about commercial real estate, but I miss my dad, would totally recommend that. What did you learn through that process? What would you tell a first-time author setting out? Well, thank you so much for the kind words, George, about the book. It was really kind of a cathartic experience for me to bring closure for myself with my the sudden loss of my dad. And it's been 17 years now, and I can honestly recommend to people, if you are ready to write a book, start writing, mm -hmm. start writing. Don't wait to tomorrow's too long. Start today because you know what? Those thoughts in your, in your head to make a book, somebody else probably has the same thoughts. Okay. But your thoughts are what people want to listen to, want to hear. So you have to know that your story is important to everybody, whether you think it is or not. I self-published my book, George. That process was a, was definitely a little interesting. I am sure the process has been so streamlined now that it's it's much, much easier to deal with the publishing companies, but I definitely I definitely self-published my book. And my biggest advice is, and I know people are out there thinking, oh my gosh, I can't write a book. How am I going to afford this? How am I going to afford that? It's real easy. I thought the same thing. But I didn't think of this until after I wrote my book, have people sponsor the book and then they can put their business or their advertisement on the back cover of the book or on the on the inside leaflet of the book or the first couple pages or whatever the deal you arrange with them. You can get the money to publish a book. And that's what people think. It's just how am I going to do it? How am I going to tell my story when I don't have any money? That is one tip I can give that I think if somebody would have told me that beforehand, I, I might've gone that route just to cover the expense and the cost of the book, of, to self-publish the book. Right. Well, just a couple of stories, if you don't mind. I, when I'm reading this book, I'm thinking, you know, I see some snatches of my own dad and kind of wish sure. I would have recorded some of these ideas sooner. I mean, I get the idea of a really colorful guy, just full of energy and, and full of life, working every day of his life, healthy as a horse. That was my dad. Mm -hmm. Actually, my dad never retired. He really literally worked until the day he died. Uh, same with my I dad. I can imagine, you know, the yeah. working on the kitchen table and, yes. and the Kramer. That was the other thing that sticks out to me. Like <laughs> Kramer's awesome. I, I remember my dad always just waxing poetic about how awesome Kramer is. And, and he's cool. You know, I, I love he's got his oh, lightning round. He's very uh, entertaining. 
I mean, I just, I respect anybody who's willing to, to take any stock. I've seen him take even these like micro cap shipping stocks, but he's yeah. still got something to say about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad was, you know, I, admittedly, like my dad and I were very different people, which is okay. Cause that's what makes life so interesting really. But you know, the things that I admired about him were definitely his work ethic, his loyalty to people, his perseverance when a challenge came up. I, I really, those are, I think the things, the three things that I learned from him so well, again, he was an engineer by trade. So, uh, you know, we viewed the world very differently, but, uh, you know, the, the core values and the foundation are certainly the same. Yeah. Amazing. And the character does come through and I know you have an entire chapter devoted to advice. So that's, that's beautiful. That's right. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So there you go. Now, you know, if you, if you're writing your book, go, go talk to Eric, reach out to Eric. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, since I wrote the book so long ago, I don't know how much current advice I can give you, but I'd be, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody about the whole process of writing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, you know what? I don't want to wind it down, but I feel like, you know, we got to save some time for my favorite section of the interview, which is the seven. So this is the challenging part where I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Sure. I, I may not have Kramer's energy, but we're going to try and see if we can channel. <laughs> we're going to pretend. So here it is, the seven. Okay, so you're up to the challenge, Eric. I'm up to the challenge. I'm up to any All right, challenge. all right. Let's enter the seven. Got it. Eric, if you could be known for just one thing, what would it be? Uh, to create a legacy for my family and future generations of family through commercial and multifamily real estate. What is the greatest lesson in leadership you have learned as an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a good question, George. I think the greatest lesson that I have learned is always trust your gut and your instinct. Because if you have an inner voice telling you something, listen to it. Because every time I've ignored it, things have gone wrong. Oh, love it. Yeah, everybody gets into a bad deal at some point. Yep. Good, good advice. What characteristic, what personal characteristic has been most pivotal to your success? Uh, definitely perseverance. Yes, I you cannot give up as a real estate investor. There's going to be daily challenges that you face every single day, both in business and in life. And if you can meet those challenges uh, with grace and humility and tackle those problems with massive action, uh, you're going to be good things will eventually happen. Right now, I figured you might say that. Because I see, I think in your chapter three, you're quoting Dale Carnegie, and I know he's all about perseverance, yes. tenacity, stick to itness, determination, whatever you want to call it. So great, great, great character traits. And now I got my boxo questions here. Oh, the box. All right. The box is Get into out. the box, George. <laughs> so just tell me when to stop cutting and we'll take the top card. And this is going to be something completely random. All right. You can stop right now. All right. If you live to be 100, would you rather have a sharp mind or a fit body? Oh, that's such a great question. I'm going to say fit body. Okay. Because I work out every day 
between five and five fifteen, I get to the gym. So working out has always been a part of my life, especially, and I kicked it into high gear after my dad died as well. So I don't know, you know what? Maybe my mind could take a rest at a hundred years old. I'd rather have a fit body. <laughs> Eric, I gotta say that's got to be the most interesting answer to that question that I've ever heard. Without your health, you have nothing. Right. And wow. It's so true. I mean, look at it this way, George. Like when you're 100 years old, people expect to help you because they're going to think you're a little forgetful, perhaps, or that you can't remember things as well as you can. But hey, if you've got your health and you're in a good body, you can have help along the way. Wow. Got to tell you this story. Just yesterday, I was listening to YouTube videos, something like the wisdom of the Arab world. And this was the quotes. Health is a crown of healthy people, but which only the unhealthy can see. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. I think so many people and it's not, you know, their fault for anything, but people take their health for granted all the time. You have it every day. So you're not going to necessarily pay attention to it. The only time you pay attention to it is when you start to lose it. So it's just blessings every day that you're healthy, happy, friends, family, yourself, the whole thing. Absolutely. Name a book that's helped afford you as an entrepreneur and a leader and why? Uh, You said name a book? Yes. Okay. Um, I'd have to say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I know that that's such a cliche answer, but I was introduced to that book in 1999 by my dad, actually. And I can tell you that it it was, it was like a light bulb moment went off. I was in graduate school at the time uh, for physical therapy school. And it it was really that book that kind of spurred me onto my uh, entrepreneurial journey. Wow. I got to laugh because I'm thinking like, same for me. I didn't find Robert Kiyosaki that early, but having gone through graduate school, I know what it's like to be surrounded by a lot of poor dads. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, right, and that was the poor dad in the book, wasn't it? His actual father, yeah. who was an academician. Correct. Correct. And again, education is a fantastic thing to have. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it affords you many opportunities in life, but you also have to keep your eye on other things that are going to advance you in addition to your education, right? Because your real life education is probably the education that might pay you back the most. Well, yeah, 100%. I always like to say it's the cheapest experience you're ever going to have is learning from the mistakes of someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you can, and you know, the the true go-givers are really the people who are willing to share their mistakes with other people so that other people don't make those same mistakes as them, right? Great. I think we're going to tag Bob Berg in this because he's really awesome. And <laughs> right, he actually does. He'll actually respond too. He, yeah. He's a great guy. So It's a great book also. Uh-huh. Not to put that recently. one question, but yeah, it's it's a great book. <clears throat> okay, now I want to ask you to describe a failure or misstep and what it taught you. You did talk about the flip house. Do you want to go further on something else or do, do we give you a pass? It'll be the first time I've ever given a pass in the seven. Uh, you know what? I can talk about another failure. Yeah. So um, there was another flip house uh, toward the end of the business and um, the market had shifted. We took a little longer on the flip than than we needed to. And the market shifted, you know, in the wrong direction. And uh, which is fine, because that's what that's what sometimes happens in, you know, cyclical real estate. And we were going to break even on when we were selling the home and even coming in a little under. And it would have meant that our investors 
who trusted us would not have been paid back their original investment in the property. And that's just something I wasn't okay with. So I paid both of our investors. And when I tell you they were painful checks to write, they were in terms of losing money in my bank account. But it was, I never doubted the decision for one minute because it was always the right thing to do. And if you're always doing the right thing, um, you don't doubt it for a second. Right. That's an amazing story. Just, you know, having your heart in the right place sometimes yeah. can be the most important thing. Integrity. Yes. I mean, that is integrity, but I mean, just really wanting to do the right thing. Absolutely. It takes a certain sort of person. I know I told this story on the air, but if you love the intelligent investor, oh, Benjamin Graham, yes, he did the same book. thing. He did that in the depression and he probably had a lot more investors at yeah. that point because yeah. his business was just at the very, very tippy top. He made everybody whole. And yes. I'm sure those were very painful checks to write. I know I've been in, in deals where somebody has been willing to buy all of the investors out. And I want to tell you, I appreciate that more than a check, 7%, 15% IRR, whether yep. it's the prof return or whatever. When I see somebody like that, that they're willing to eat it, right? that's integrity. Yeah. And it's it's somebody that you, again, can truly trust because at their worst, they're willing to put their best forward. Yes. For others. Yeah. Great. That could actually be the quote to help forge our listeners as leaders and entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can I just make it. it up. That's a, that's a me original right there. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. I like that. I think as, as this show gets bigger yeah. and as we're asking better and more successful guests, I'm noticing more originals. So <laughs> love it. Uh, I got to let you go. So we'll just end with Absolutely. my favorite final question is how do our listeners reach out to Eric Tomei? Oh my gosh. You know what? Uh, we are actually in the process of getting our website for Top Point Investments uh, being made. So please don't reach out through that website because we're getting it made. But honestly, my my Gmail account is probably the best way to, to get a hold of me. It's it's my first and last name, E-R-I-C-T-O-M-E-I at gmail.com. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me right now. All right, awesome. And then speaking of websites, I may be redoing my website and I may be working with two different capital groups soon, but I am still with Horizon Multifamily. So nice. out, shout out to my great partners at Horizon Multifamily if you're in the audience today and join our multifamily investing club. So we can keep you top of mind when deals come in. So thank you, Eric, so much for sharing your knowledge and experience with our audience and catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much, George. I've absolutely enjoyed every minute with you and it was a, a, a great time. Likewise, take care.